you have proved your superior intellect and defeated the plans of Admiral Kirk. You do not need to defeat him again. He tasks me. He tasks me and I shall have him. I'll chase him round the moons of Nibia and round the Antares maelstrom and round Perdition's flames before I give him up. Salad episode 175, Live Long and Franchise. Could you tell me where the nuclear vessels are? I'm Andy. I'm Mike. I'm Joe. I'm Catherine. And today we are going to be counting them down. All 13 Star Trek theatrically released um, movies. Yep. Yep. So that includes stuff from the original cast, from the Next Generation crew, um, the from Abrams. the Abrams verse, and of course the Deep Space Nine. And oh wait, no, they never got movies. Nope. Nope. The nope. Void. No. Yeah. No. 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 For the pay for certain. No. Nope. Never mind. Never mind. <laughs> it's really just those two, and then the Chris Pine movies. Yeah. So. Yeah. Cool. So, uh, first of all, I want to take a moment to thank everybody who contributed. We had a lot of great feedback from a lot of people. Thank Mm -hmm. you, um, John Saul and Chris, my cousin Chris Reale, for coming in at the last minute. Um, Thank Uh, you so much. I mean, Christina, John, his best friend out there, uh, she's one of the first people that I got. Yep, exactly. We had a lot of great help. Uh, The Overnerding group on Facebook was fantastic. Um, My friend John Brulet chimed in. Awesome. Yeah, we had a a lot of really good responses, so I do appreciate it. So uh, let's let's get on with the list here, counting them backwards from 13 down to 1. Um, and I will say without spoiler alerts necessary, this turned out exactly the way I expected it. (laughs) (laughs) Pretty much, yeah. Fortunately, with Star Trek, there really isn't a whole lot of variance. No. No. At the end of the day, I'm like, ooh, maybe that movie will come in and spoil the number one or number two slot. Nope. 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 For the most part, the ones that everyone, everyone don't really like, those are the ones that everybody doesn't Doesn't like. like. Exactly. Except for one movie, which some people have a real hair across their ass about. Yeah. But we'll, yeah get, we'll, we'll talk about that later. We'll talk about that. Exactly. Okay, so, starting at number 13, the movie that our good friend uh, Steve Day at Apecod on Twitter writes, The Final Frontier. Ugh. Oh. After three really good movies, Paramount decided to let Shatner, Kirk, and... Uh, Kick the entire fandom in the crotch. And he did. How did that elevator pitch go? So here's my idea. Kirk versus God. Kirk wins. At one time, the touchstone by which all bad movies were judged, an honor that its successor, Batman and Robin, holds to this day. <laughs> so, number 13, Star Trek V, The Final Frontier. Uh, Captain, I do not think you realize the gravity of your situation. 
Oh. On the contrary, gravity is foremost on my mind. Look, I'm trying to make an ascent here. Why don't you go pester Dr. McCoy for a while? I believe that Dr. McCoy is not in the best of moods. God damn irresponsible. Asking the question, the eternal question, what does God need with spaceship? <laughs> I don't know. I think you need to sound a little bit more bored with that. But... Oh, God. This is just... between. Yeah, between Shatner being allowed to direct this movie... Have it be kind of like a lesser TV episode, just expanded out over the course of two hours. And compounded by the fact that it came out in 1989, the summer of 1989. It's 30 years old this year. Oh my god. In the midst of one of the best movie summers in history. And then this turd burger gets dropped. Exactly. (laughs) Do you remember the poster for this one? Mm, Vaguely, yeah. So the teaser poster. Yeah, it was, like, kind of reddish. No, well, the teaser poster was, you know, coming to your galaxy this summer, Star Trek V, and there was a movie seat floating in space because they really want to let you know that this movie's going to blow you out of your seat. (laughs) And make you die in the vacuum of space. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. There wasn't just some, like, frozen shriveled up (laughs) body. You're going to wish you died in the vacuum of space. But it's amazing, too, because they really, like, tried to push that this movie was super badass. Even when the video cassette was released, there was, like, this crazy commercial where they're, like... You know, they're just pestering the video clerk. Do you have Star Trek V, uh, The Front of Frontier? Do you have Star Trek V, The Front... No one was asking no, that. No, nobody was. Nobody. I wasn't. <laughs> Does anybody have really any memory? I, I've wasn't, seen this twice. Wasn't, wasn't uh, Spock's half-brother involved? Cybok. Yeah. Cybok, yes. Yeah. Cybok <laughs> was involved to get the one gone who's spaceship. never been mentioned before. Or, or after. Since, yeah. <laughs> exactly. And uh, Nichelle Nichols got to do a nice, sexy fan dance. Yes, exactly. Yes. My uh, cousin-in-law, Mark, brought that one up. Oh, yeah. Oh, boy. It's um, oh, it's just it's just a wrong. shitty movie. It that really is. I, mean, it, I I did not doubt for one second this wasn't going to be the last. And you're right. No, you're right. This almost derailed the entire franchise. If it wasn't for Next Generation being on TV at the same time. Yep. Star right. Trek probably would have died on the vine. Right, exactly, this. exactly. But the, the thing was, they were still making these movies with the original cast. Um, and it, you know, I, I always feel like we shouldn't mention the movies that came that we haven't talked about yet. But let's be honest: Star Trek Four was a huge hit, mm-hmm. and this was its fucking follow-up. <laughs> <laughs> no, not only that, but Star Trek Two, Three, and Four had yeah. a fantastic story arc. Well, right. yeah, you had the captain. This one you, you had just... the captain's collection. And then you, you go right on to this. This is seriously like going from Raiders of the Lost Ark right into Temple of Doom. No, no, this one's going... This is oh, the this Last is Crusade going, going into Kingdom King of the Crystal, Crystal Skull. Skull. You're right. God, aliens. Why? Why did it have to be aliens? God, why did it have to be God? Why did it have to be God? <laughs> At the center of the universe, of the galaxy. Uh, Kirk, Kirk wins. In a giant glowing column thing. Oh, well, you know the funny. It was the master control program yeah. from Tron. Yeah. <laughs> hey, David Warner was in the movie. There you go. Now, here's a weird thing, too, and this is something that will probably come up a lot in conversation about these movies. Paramount was insanely cheap when they it still came are. to Star Trek. Like, that, that's why they had the same uniforms from two all the way into six. Like, they had those maroon 
That makes sense. With the fur-lined collars and, like, the uh, little flap, which, you know, is white. So, you know, people who are being killed could press their bloody hand against it. Well, you, yeah, you could undo it because you were going casual or loosening up or something. Going casual. Yeah. Get the corner out. Casual, oh, yeah, casual. casual on the Enterprise. Casual. It really didn't, really didn't sell, though. Kirk had one of those a little lower on the uh, on the uniform, but... <laughs> Hello, ladies. It, it was still better than um, Chekhov's costume from... Uh, the search for Spock. Oh God! Yeah, this is um, not fun at all. I mean, the no. closest you get to fun is when they're trying to do like the round of uh, row, 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 row your row. boat, and then Spock's got to immediately fuck it up with his, you know, insane Vulcan logic. And in the uh, wonderful, not not Kirk climbing the, uh, the mountain. <laughs> Go climb a rock. Kirk's, you know, stunt double. Same guy who, <laughs> same black guy who was the stunt double for Paul Stanley and Kiss Meets the Phantom of the <laughs> Oh, boy. Yeah, let's, Kirk let's... climbing El Capitan. Yeah, that's really him. <laughs> All right. So let's move on to the next movie, which Steve refers to as, I enjoyed it, uh, but future generations of film schools will probably use it as an example of a story where there would not be plot without numerous obvious plot holes. That movie is our number 12, Star Trek Insurrection. Jean-Luc, we're only moving 600 people. How many people does it take, Admiral, before it becomes wrong? Hmm? 1,000? 50,000? A million? How many people does it take, Admiral? I'm ordering you to the Goran system. I'm also ordering the release of the sonar officers. File whatever protests you wish to, Captain. Wow, I did not enjoy that movie when it came out. I did not. I, I saw it in the theater, and I did not enjoy it. I've all. still no. never seen it. I've never I, seen it. It's just, it. you know what? It's 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 cardinal crime is, and this is, I think, a big fault of a lot of like the lesser Star Trek movies, is that they play like long form TV episodes. Yeah. But they well, play like the worst, ep- like the boring episode. <laughs> Right. Yeah. Well, that was kind of that's kind of the knock against the the next generation movies. Is they could be they, they're, they're, it's a TV it's a t- made for TV film. Is what right. It is. Exactly. And this one, is it, it's unmemorable. I mean, it's it's one of those movies too that because I can barely remember the plot. I don't. For it. I don't remember much about it. Like I read the synopsis now just to make sure it was the one I was thinking of, and I was like, yeah, yeah. There's the part. They go to this planet and they all start getting younger. The parts I remember is. Crusher and Troy talking about the fact that their boobs were getting perkier and firmer. <laughs> oh! Written and directed by a man. Uh, Jonathan Frakes. Uh, oh, was that Jonathan Frakes? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Worf getting uh, Klingon zits, which are huge and purple, because they do have purple blood established. And Data going, in the event of emergency, I could be used as a flotation device and pulling a cord and popping up out of the water. Oh, God, that's right. Those are the only things I remember about this movie, really. I like remember a little bit of landscape, and that's it. That was what we talked about, was how bad it was for those bits and nothing else. And, and the issue with the movies, too, is that their attempts at humor, especially these latter-day movies, yeah. their attempts at humor are horrible. Oh, they were just, yeah. They're very... They, just, they fell like rocks. The, right. The jokes just like... Right. Yeah, they did not... They didn't... It just, I remember when this came out, um, and it was just like, a, yeah, but, uh, no, I don't know. And it, it came and went. I think this might be one of the lowest grossing uh, Star Trek movies ever. Well, it was also the last of the Star Trek Next Generation movies. Nope. No. Nope. nope. Exactly. You fell into the same trap I did. 
No, Nemesis, Nemesis was. No, Nemesis was. This came after Nemesis, didn't it? No, Nemesis was Nemesis. This was 1998. This is 98. Yeah. Nemesis came after Generations was 96, Insurrection is 98, and Nemesis is 2002. No, First Contact is 96. Generations is 94. Yeah. Oh, okay. Because I know I saw Nemesis in theaters. I didn't bother. I didn't even bother with this one because I thought it happened after. Yeah. No. It's just it's it. But that's the issue with it. And the latter next generation movies are so. Just blah. Yeah, I don't even know. I mean, I don't even know if this movie's bad. If it's just, I think it's it's more of a crime to be boring than it is to be bad. At least with badness, yeah, the, the, you might find some really cool cheesy things to try to. There might be some re- some form of right. redemption in it, but no, there's nothing of redeeming about this. Yeah, yeah, and no, the, like I said, that's all I remember was those three things, and it's terrible. And I'm sure there was something dumb with with Riker, and I don't even remember it. Right. Uh, Didn't you have like a makeout session with Troy or something like that? I don't know. Probably. That was the entire Next Generation series, okay? Yeah. Well, except when she was with Worf for a while. That's true. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, oh. that was towards the, towards the end. Okay, see, I just yeah, kind of gave part up. Of the, uh, the, the underlying tone of the Imzadi story in the novels. Okay. Yeah. I just, I kind of gave up on the Star Trek TV show once I started working nights. Because it was on, like, Saturday nights, and Saturdays was, at 7. Huh? Saturdays at 7. Yup. And it just, like... I never was enough into Star Trek to begin with that I needed to watch every episode because I needed to know what disjointed part of the series was going to happen. Mm-hmm. And it was it was very episodic. You could really tune in and tune out and not right. miss a whole lot. Right, they didn't have, like, season-long arcs or anything. The, right. But the, but the series finale of The Next Generation is my favorite series finale of any show ever. Really? Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, it was, it all, was, all good things... Yeah, it was quite good, and the thing was, like, my, my husband had seen it, but he had never seen the first episode. Oh. I, I so saw the a, first episode. So there was a lot that, yeah, so did I. Yeah. And But there was a lot he didn't get. He didn't understand. Yeah, because all whole, good things kind of brings that full circle. Right. Yeah. Right. It, it goes back with the pilot, but, yeah. So, yeah. Okay, it, uh, let's move on. Ne- so, um, number 11, a movie, uh, Steve says, I'm definitely the only one who likes this movie, but it's okay. I understand. I know it hurts. Walk it off. Uh, that would well, be. he also likes French fries. True. Star Trek Nemesis. There was a time you looked at the stars and dreamed of what might be. Childish dreams, Captain. Lost in the Dilithium mines of Remus. I am what you see now. I see more than that. I see what you could be. The man who is Shinzon of Remus and Jean-Luc Picard could never exterminate the population of an entire planet. He's better than that. He is what his life has made him. The movie that did indeed come after... Insurrection. After Insurrection and fucking killed the Star Trek movie series. But it did birth the uh, career of one Tom Hardy. It did. It did. He was, oh my god, so baby-faced. We were watching... <laughs> I, did, I did watch that within the last week, and I, I swear I must have seen it, because I knew that it was like the, the whole clone thing. Right. But I I didn't remember it <laughs> at all. But I was watching it, and I was like, it's not the worst. <laughs> right. No, it's not the worst. There are... I, I've only seen the movie once. I think that there are some redeeming parts of this movie, which is why it got pushed over Insurrection. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but again, it's it's not the worst, but it's not exactly memorable. Yeah, it's I, not exactly. It's not it's not in our top five. Yeah. But it's definitely there's a reason why it's the best of the worst three. 
<laughs> True. All right, yeah. That's a great way of putting it. I, I saw it once in theaters, and I remember a couple barely right. from it. This movie is the one that killed the movie series, mm-hmm. um, got Paramount sued by whoever was developing their video games at the time. Wow. Because, really? yeah, uh, I, I remember hearing about this, that because they had they didn't have a TV show on at the time, or right. they had a, they might have had Enterprise on, but nobody gave a fuck about Enterprise, no. that the video, the, the people developing the Star Trek video games were like, you've given us nothing. <laughs> we can't come up with a game because you're not putting out movies that people want to see. And obviously this is the, you know, all of this awfulness was the, you know, the acorn that grew the mighty oak mm. of the Abrams verse, but... Yeah, it's just it's it's kind of a sad farewell to the next generation cast. I'm starting to Patrick think Stewart wh- was okay with it because you know he just started X Men. Right, exactly. <laughs> he was going to be okay. Jonathan Frakes, on the other hand, has directed what Thunderbirds? Yeah. Uh, no, no, no. He's actually got a very very Good full. TV. Yeah. He's oh, he's a, a very, TV director yeah, now, right? He's got a very full. Yeah, he did. He did at least one episode of Supernatural. Okay. No, I'm trying to remember. Was there a Star Trek TV show on, on the air at the time? It would have been either Enterprise. It would have been. It is. Voyager. It was Enterprise. It, and nobody really cared. Nobody yeah, really paid attention Jane, to it. Yeah, no. Voyager must have been over because Jane is uh, Captain Jane is actually Janeway. Jane, uh, Captain Janeway, Admiral is now Admiral Janeway back on Earth. Right. Giving Patrick Stewart his marching orders. Oh. So. Right. They must. <laughs> we saw that. She was like, "Oh, they got home." Yeah. <laughs> so. It, so yeah, it must have been Enterprise. Nobody really cared about Enterprise. Nobody cared about Enterprise. So I, th- I think this was because I remember this was around the time that a lot of people were thinking Star Trek is dead as a franchise. It's, right. It's well, the problem with Enterprise was it it, it suffered from um, from Star Wars prequel syndrome, where it takes place earlier, but everything looks shinier and better. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Enterprise, sorry, I didn't have an issue. Just, with you know, it. by that by that point, I was so burned out by Star Trek, it was really going to take something, which we'll talk about in a little bit. Um, <laughs> to kind of bring it back, and again, just it's just one of those movies you confuse which movie was which. Oh, was this Insurrection? Was Tom Hardy in Insurrection? Yes. No, F. Murray Abraham was in Insurrection. <laughs> 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 All right, so Don't that. <laughs> I gotta find I gotta find Steve's thing here. Um, All right. So that brings us to number ten. I'm actually, you know what? I'm surprised it came. I mean, I know we we all kind of crap on it, but I'm surprised it's down this low. All right. Well, I, I, I watched it um, just last weekend. I'm not surprised it's this low. Right. So the movie that we're discussing is Star Trek: The Motion Picture, a movie Steve says never has the motion picture been ever been less descriptive of a movie's plot. <laughs> Paramount scrapped a new TV series in favor of the cinematic sleeping pill. Based on the success of Star Wars, but I guess they forgot the part where Star Wars was exciting and fun. (laughs) On Vulcan, I began sensing a consciousness from a source more powerful than I have ever encountered. Thought patterns of exactingly perfect order. I believe they emanate from the intruder. I believe it may hold my answers. Well, isn't it lucky for you that we just happen to be heading your way? We need him. I need him. Then my presence is to our mutual advantage. Oh my god, this is one of those movies that in in my in my annals of movie dumb is a guilty pleasure, but it's not like the same type of guilty pleasure as Dune. 
Yeah. Like, I unapologetically love that dumpster fire. Yeah. I unapologetically well, watch this dumpster fire going, why am I watching this right now? Yep. Yeah. They're all dressed like doctors. Oh my god, this... This movie. You know what? I remember watching it. It freaked me out when they had the teleporter mag fu- malfunction. Yes, that freaked the shit out of me because you just hear the voices and they're just disembodied. Ah! Like, this like, is Star Trek. What the hell? And you're like, and that's why Bones hates teleporters. Right. Exactly. <laughs> he also hates space flight too. But yes, <laughs> but you know what he loves? Large lapel uh, collars. Yeah. <laughs> Because this movie is like it well, takes the, place in the future, but that future is nineteen seventy eight. But the thing, the thing is, the thing that it throws you off is like if you watch the, like the original series, the design aesthetic is such a throw off, right? Yeah. Compared to what was on TV, it wasn't like just an evolution either. It was just like boom, all brand new. It's like it's like if they imagined the Apple Store in nineteen seventy. Right, exactly. The co- the the costumes were. I mean, they weren't even like. Oh, they were so sanitary. They were just so antiseptic. Right, like, exactly. And they all had, but they all were like color coded as well. In fact, I had a work shirt that was. It was a polo shirt with gray sleeves and like just. I'm just going to refer to it as a bib, even though it went straight down <laughs> my torso. So it was like gray sleeves and this white fucking. Torso, and I looked like the action figure from Star Trek. Uh, Kirk for Kirk for Star Trek: The Motion Picture. I, I mean, the the movie is supposed to take place like two two and a half years after the series, after their five year mission ended, and yet every, all the characters look thirteen years older because they were we're yeah. thirteen years older. older, and technology jumped almost two hundred years. Right. At, at least they fixed that with the next movie, but I mean, but yeah, but, yeah, but there's you, no but you, way. But we were just when you we were having the discussion offline where you were talking about how much time they spent on the tracking shots. And oh how my much, god, this was, movie is nothing but ambient. It's like if you took two thousand one and put Star Trek characters in it and yeah. had them look like they were bored to be there. Yeah. Yeah, it was. Oh yeah, that five minutes watching the ship. Yeah. Go across. Yep. The screen. It's like, and, so, and for somebody like me who's mechanically like inclined and loves shit like that, even I was like, "Oh my god!" So. Oh god! <laughs> it's literally like a four or five minute shot of uh, Scotty and Kirk taking a shuttle from the from the uh, taking the long way around. Yeah, exactly. Uh, no, the they, exactly. They went all the way around. And that. It's just long shots of the Enterprise outside. Switch to shots of Kirk just smiling at the Enterprise. Right. And then when they showed the the exterior shots of the shuttle, it was obviously, like, superimposed onto the model. So Kirk and Scotty are stretched out. Yep. (laughs) They're, like, stretched out, but it's, like, because it was, like, it it wasn't, like, a complete parallelogram. It was just, like, what the... Oh, my God! I I was reading the Wikipedia entry on it, and all the... They just talked about... All the design aspects. I mean, like three quarters of the Wikipedia entry for start the the motion picture is about the special effects, right? And the and the and the, uh, <laughs> and what the else mo- are you talk about and the, the model line? building and the the design aesthetic. I'm like, you, well, you have to because there's no plot, right? Exactly. There, there is. I, it's, I, a, it's, a, it's it's well, which which is the uh, the episode the original episode that it, yeah the changeling the changeling yeah. There's a they re- rehashed the changeling. There's a reason why after this movie, Paramount uh, basically said, uh, "Yeah, Roddenberry, 
you're the executive consultant now. We'll call you if we need you. But I have ideas. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we'll call you yeah, if we we'll need you. Don't worry, you'll still get a paycheck. Right, exactly. Yeah. Right. Oh. Like they've done that to Lucas before the... <laughs> The, this well, is, no. It's a, it's, the, the thing is, Lucas owns Lucasfilm. He could, Fox wasn't going to kick him out. Right, exactly. Yeah. Paramount, on the other hand, was just like, "Hey, we gotta, we gotta work on your deal again, buddy." Um, we, we're going to kill the franchise ourselves, but we'll get to that. But, as, as Steve <laughs> mentioned, this was originally supposed to be the movie that was going to lead into a new TV series, which right. uh, Phase Two with Stephen Collins, yeah. uh, which. Fortunately, didn't pan out in, yeah. in more ways than one that would come to Earth 30 years later. But, yeah. you know, um, yeah, uh, it's just, it was such a bad, there's so much about this movie that makes zero sense. And Kirk is the biggest dick in this movie. And he is. Well, Kirk's always a dick. Yeah, right. but usually he's a dick with a good heart. Here, he's just a dick. Right. Uh, I, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm taking the ship over again. I'm an admiral, so I'm taking over the ship and you're demoted. Aren't you happy now? Yay. Good for me. God, why can't I think of her name now? What was Persis Kambada's character's Ilya. name? Ilya. And then the Ilya drone. Yeah. Oh, who essentially was Ilya just with, like, you know, a, a giant little... skill <laughs> stuck on her throat. <laughs> and a bald head. Well, she was bald the oh, entire yeah, time. Yeah, she was always bald. See, this, is like, this, is, this is how very little I right. remember this movie. You, you took the most beautiful woman from Southeast Asia and you shaved her head because <laughs> she had to look somewhat alien. Well... To be fair, she came off of this from uh, from um, uh, Warrior of the Lost World. That's true. That's true. And then she would go on to do Megaforce. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> she needed to fire her agent in she the worst didn't way. Make, she did not make the best decisions in her and life. And she, then she died really young. She did, yeah. She died in, like, 98. Yeah. But it, um, this movie is just, like, it's such a train wreck that you can't not watch. I think everybody need you know, like, the last three... We just discussed. You don't need to watch those. You need to sit, and you need to watch Star Trek: The you Motion need to Picture. Yeah, you need to torture yourself for this. Y- one. You need to do that to yourself. You absolutely do because there's no other explanation for why did they bring McCoy at the fi- in, in that final you know exploration of V'ger? I, I don't know. Maybe V'ger needed did a doctor. Exactly. McCoy did nothing in that entire thing. Oh, oh God! It, it just like I remember all the special effects just with Rainbow. All the special effects were just like nothing but rainbow prisms throughout yeah. the whole thing, and just especially you know, the, yeah, especially the warp when they go into warp. Yeah, yeah, they do the warp, but also when Spock does like his like spacewalk. Yeah, with with the thing again, five minutes of him moving from point A to point Z before he, <laughs> before he goes into a, an acid trip out. Exactly, <laughs> all just broadcast right in the front of his helmet. Yeah. Oh, good God. Jesus yeah, Christ. Stanley Kubrick did that 11 years before. Did anyone see this in the movie theater? Oh. No. I did. <laughs> it, I think might have been the first movie that induced me to sleep. <laughs> and even my dad was like, just do something. And every time I watch <laughs> this on TV, I'm like throwing peanuts at this TV like, do something! Fire do phaser. something! Fire a torpedo! Fire a phaser, will you? Legitimately, 10 minutes of dudes speaking in Klingon. Thank God they gave us subtitles, so it wasn't like the Wookiee scenes in uh, the, Star, the Star Wars Holiday Special. I mean, how, how long did it take them to take to like get out of dry dock? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> That's supposed to be a majestic scene, but for the most part, that only takes two minutes to do. Yeah. 
Oh. Especially in a ship that's capable of warp 10. Right, exactly. I know you you have to like, ease your way out of dry dock, but which is odd to say when it's, it's, it's anchored space. in space. Exactly. Jeez, us. All right, we're ready to move on to the yeah, next one. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Okay, so i got to find this. Uh, number nine uh, is Star Trek Generations. Steve writes, most of the original crew backed out of this movie because they thought the script was stupid. So what I want to know is, how much more fucking stupid did that script have to be than the fucking stupid script they used? Captain of the Enterprise. That's right. Close to retirement? I'm not planning on it. Let me tell you something. Don't. Don't let them promote you. Don't let them transfer you. Don't let them do anything that takes you off the bridge of that ship because while you're there, you can make a difference. Come back with me. Help me stop Sodom. Make a difference again. This Generations is one of those movies I remember people loving it when it came out. And then had the benefit of 25 years of hindsight to go back and go, yeah, no, it wasn't all that good. No, we... Well, we, no, you know we, what it was? When it came out, I know in college, we were making fun of the ending. Oh, God. I remember it. there was a lot of excitement because gen, uh, The Next Generation had just ended. Hmm. The yep. series yeah. ended in 93. And when they announced this and this was coming out, a lot of people were excited because gen, Next Generation was the most recent yep. successful... Right. TV series, you know, except for DS9. And, and, well, DS9 was. That's a DS9 is its own niche product. Yeah. 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 I, I don't know. This is definitely like they definitely took advantage of the fact this was a a, a you know on the big screen, mm-hmm. so Data could say shit once. Yeah. Yeah. I need to rewatch this one, but I don't remember being offended by it. I, I wasn't was... offended by this movie. This movie is just like a lot of the next generation movies. It's just kind of there. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's not too. It's not too bad. Like you know, again, I, I rewatched this running up to this show, and it it was like wasn't as revolting as I remember. <laughs> right. But a lot of it just has to do with they really just had to like we need to get Kirk in here. Yeah. And the stuff with Kirk and Picard should have been fucking awesome. Should have been, but mm. should have been, but Kirk slips on an intergalactic banana peel and dies. <laughs> Honestly, I, I I more remember these scenes with Picard and Whoopi Goldberg. Yeah, in the in the ribbon. Yep, those are actually pretty cool scenes. Yeah, right? those are cool because. Well, I mean, but they, but that's a carryover from the TV series yeah. because though the episode you know where they they both interact are some of the best episodes oh, yeah. in the, in the right, series. Right, exactly. Guinan was a, is an incredibly un, uh, un, uh, underrated character. Yes. Oh, yeah. Yes. Criminally underrated. Yeah. But it's just like when they were showing like the, the you know the space ribbon, like every time they'd show it, the only thing that would come to mind with me is like when a goldfish poops. <laughs> and it's just like this weird ribbon of, of, of fish poop just like streaming out of it. Like, oh, or when, yeah. Or when an anime character vomits. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. See, I can't, I can't figure out what's going on in this movie. Why is Malcolm McDowell doing this? Oh God, that's right. Yeah, at his hammiest. Yeah, yeah. He no. Did. no, no, no. Tank girl, tank girl. yo, no, that's right. right. Yeah, tank girl. He was Never very hammy in that. Oh, I, I paid, love tank girl. I paid movie money for tank girl. Oh, of course you did. Yeah, yeah. I, I paid movie money for tank girl. I delight in its campiness. Yeah, it's, it's. It's. Have you read the comics? 
No. Yes. It is by no means good, but it's enter. It can be very entertaining. That's kind of how I feel about Jason X. Okay. Yeah, well, there you, you go. If you, See, en- we- if you enjoy it for what it is, it is it is a good we, old romp. We all have our blind spots. <laughs> um. But yeah, I remember also when Generations came out uh, to sell through. At Suncoast, because you knew we weren't going to get through this show without a Suncoast reference. Drink, drink. I got to get myself a beer because I'm not going. I'm not going to uh, polish off that whiskey. Um, oh, but there's only a little bit left. I know it's that. Wet for these. <laughs> <laughs> you beat me, you beat me to it. <laughs> yes, tonight's show is being brought to you by Centauri Whiskey, uh, given to me by my uh, brother and sister-in-law. It is Japanese whiskey. It's delicious. It is. And, um, yeah, it's almost gone. It's making me feel full fuzzy wuzzy woman inside. It's exactly. <laughs> this is why I love whiskey so much. Um, it also brings out the funny, too. So, <laughs> All aspiring alcoholics, you know what you need to do now. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but when I worked for Suncoast, I remember the demand for this movie, when it came out, was like, it was insane. Really? Oh my god! Like, uh, and, and keep in mind, I was assistant manager at that time in the store in Springfield, Virginia, in the mall. So it was literally like every every clone of the Simpsons comic book guy <laughs> was in to pre-order this movie. And you know, while I'm at it, I'm going to get those five episodes of Next Generation that were just released as well. And it's like, oh, don't talk to me about this movie, please. Don't talk to me about this movie. Don't. No. Uh, but yeah, it, it was. Fun. Said no critic about this movie. <laughs> that is exact. That is this dying fucking line. It's been fun, and it's. I saw oh, like this. God. I just watched this thing. I think it was on um, Ms. Mojo. It was like the worst acted death scenes in movie history. Well, and got- his was one of them. It's like first of all, he's he's still kind of like smirking, even though like he's got like you know. Like a thousand tons of uh, metal on top of him. Yeah, he's bleeding from the mouth, and it just like halfway through his monologue realizes he's gonna die. It's like, well, the, the internal uh, injuries and the blood coming out of your mouth should have been that. Andy, it's it's William Shatner. You're not like, expecting Will Lawrence or Olivier. I understand that, but you know, for a guy who's been playing that role for forty fucking years, and he's never acted it good. That's true. Except maybe in Wrath of Khan. Ugh. No, well, yeah, that that is very very true. Okay, so we are uh, number eight. Yeah, Star Trek Into Darkness, which Steve writes. I can't tell if casting um, Rakejik Bandersnatch as Khan <laughs> was insensitive whitewashing or progressive avoidance of casting dark skinned people as villains. I looked up John Harrison. Until a year ago, he didn't exist. John Harrison was a fiction created the moment I was awoken by your Admiral Marcus to help him advance his cause. A smokescreen to conceal my true identity. My name is Khan. Why would a Starfleet Admiral ask a 300-year-old frozen man for help? Because I am... Better. At what? Everything. This movie gets a lot of hate that I don't think it deserves. And this is the movie I think a lot of people had a hair across their ass I don't think it deserves. They They told us, it's not con. It's not con. It's not con. The movie comes out, it's fucking con. Yeah. It's also Abrams. Right, exactly. (laughs) Abrams is one to not give away secrets. And he will will, will outright lie. Right. Apparently. And I had no problem with that because, first of all, it's better than Cumberpatch. Yeah. I mean, Condor Patch. Uh, you, the thing is, 
Yeah, they were saying, no, it's not Khan. We all knew it was Khan. Okay, we knew. I mean, it was yeah. just, it was a given. Considering what came before it, it was a given that it was going to be Khan. Right. Mm. You know? And... With that said, it does not deserve to hate it. I, I, Especially because a lot of people miss out. They're saying, oh, it's a, it's a, it's a ripoff of Wrath of Khan. It's a reboot of Wrath of Khan. No, it isn't. Plot-wise, it is a completely different It's a completely picture. different movie. Now, with that said, and I, I want to point out here, in my in my ranking, this is my fourth favorite Star Trek yeah. movie. Um, was, I think I put it in my fourth or fifth. I yeah. Remember, I love this movie. I love this movie, too. But, I, you know, there are certain beats that they knew they weren't going to get away with not doing. Mm-hmm. So, you know, when they, when they change roles, and it's Kirk that dies... Of the radiation exposure. And Spock is the one that yells the con line. You know, there are certain little elements that they just knew that they could get away with. Mm -hmm. But you're right about that. This movie is completely different. Completely different. And to make uh, Section 31, which is infamous in Star Trek Trek lore, be the main bad guy. And Peter Weller make make him the main bad guy. Oh, he was amazing in this. Oh, he was awesome. I I did like that final... How that, that kind of twist that made him the bad guy. I didn't see that one. Right. Not right. From the, um, but I think I have a theory about why this one's kind of so reviled by true Star Trek fans. Or like Let's the, not use by, the term true no, fans. By, I really by, hate by that term By the deep dive Star Trek fans. That's gatekeeping. Yeah, go ahead. And it's like, the, with the with the Abrams verse, you got 2009, which kind of like balances the Star Trek lore with the, with the action. And so kind of everyone kind of gets along with it. This one is more of an action film than a Star Trek film. Right. And so that, I think, turns off the Star Trek fans, fan base. And then with Beyond, it was more a Star Trek movie than action film. And that kind of turned off the general audiences. Oh, but it, was, it had so much good shit in like, no, like I, I agree. Like the Enterprise getting caught in warp and getting fired upon. That whole right. sequence. Yeah. It gets fired upon and all of a sudden it just gets pulled out of warp and spins around. I mean, that, <laughs> the, that whole sequence that has, was that so awesome. That had us yelling... Warp is not hyperspace. That is not how it works. Right. The, the scene where they like do the, the, the dive through space. Yeah. I love that scene. That was a cool scene. And it's just interesting, too, with how the Enterprise got beat up. I mean, you can't go a movie without destroying the Enterprise. It's just how the movies yeah, after, work. after Star Trek Three, yeah. <laughs> well, but I think that the way that they handled it in this movie, where it just crashes... And it's just, it's amazing watching this huge ship oh, falling lose apart. its balance and free fall. And free fall and all the paneling coming off it as it's falling. In oh, itself. God, it's so... I mean, it's really a powerful movie. I really love I, this I one. Liked, I really like this movie. Catherine, you're making a face. It's okay. Okay. I, I, re, I rewatched this again quite recently because I actually own this one. And I, I own this one, too. I do, too. And I was yeah. like, eh. Again, it was part of the, the whole, like, you know... They, they took some from the original episode, some from Wrath of Khan, and some of original stuff, and tried to make a new thing. And it's like, there's just enough going on that it's clear that you didn't have a fully original idea. <laughs> Plus, the opening like the sequence first, is so much fun. I'm the sorry. The first movie was really, like, it was a good Star Trek story, but it was an original Star Trek story for the most part. Right. But again, I think it was the give the fans what they want. You know, they want, you know, you wanted this, but... Oh, we want this, but we don't want this. Right. Which is pretty much fandom in a nutshell. Yeah. All right. So, next up, number seven uh, is Star Trek Beyond. Steve writes, it figures that the best new Trek 
is also the one that probably killed the French uh, film franchise for another decade or so. Mr. Suga, you can, you know, fly this thing, right? You kidding me, sir? Fantastic. Scotty, how are we looking? Ready as she'll ever be, sir. That's what I like to hear. All right. Bones, where are we with the crew? I could use a functioning med bay, but otherwise we're secure down here. Mr. Sulu, we have to achieve terminal velocity in order for the stabilizers to provide lift. Are you sure this drop is high enough to do that? We'll find out. Can we please... I haven't seen it. I can't, I can't comment to it because I haven't seen it yet. I so. saw it in theaters. I haven't bought it yet. And it was just like, can we get over playing 80s music in the future? <laughs> Even aliens love 80s music in the future. This is really, come on, nothing from the 90s, nothing from later. No, it's all 80s music. Nothing else survived the apocalypse. <laughs> I saw this for the first time two days ago. Okay, what'd you think? I liked it. Um, I, I have an issue with them destroying the Enterprise. Well, I actually, I, it's, I got, it's, a it's, it's a Star Trek movie. It's a Star Trek movie. It's what happened. Hey, hey, let me explain. This. All right. <laughs> um, in in like in Star Trek Three, when when the Enterprise gets destroyed, it is there's a sense of loss. There is a sense of ex- this was a big moment. Because they they dragged it out for like 20 minutes. Also, also it was the first ship. It was the ship from the original series. Well, yeah, it was a refit. Yeah, Yeah, it was a refit, but it was still still the MCC-1701. No, it wasn't the A. No, they get the A at the end of 4. I thought Star Trek moment of was A. No, no, they don't get the A until the end of 4. This is still the NCC-1701, so this is supposed to be the ship. The original ship, just refitted. Into Darkness and in this one, it's just a ship. Yeah, it's, the, 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 the it's the it's supposed to be the Enterprise, and yet, nah, it's you, just, you just it's don't have the, the. But the problem the, is, after three, that's the, the yeah. But, but after three, that's the way they treated the Enterprise. It, okay, it's just another piece of hardware. Well, that, right. I mean, that's know? the problem, though. I mean, it's supposed to be it's supposed to be a pivotal moment thing in the series, and they just like yeah, let's blow it up, whatever. How many Enterprises got blown up in the Next Generation movies? They were on E. But that right, no, no, but really, it, it was started, E from the beginning to no, the G. No, they no, they, I thought I thought Nemesis. I thought Nemesis. No, they started with G. D. Yeah, it was D the, in the show. Yeah, and I thought Nemesis they ended with G. Um, maybe I don't know, but it, it, it was still it was either D or it was a D. E at the no, end. The, at the, the very show. end, yeah, the show it was D. At the very end of um, the next generation, it was still the same shit. It was still a D. Yeah, yeah it was still a D. It didn't, no, yeah, they didn't get blown up until the right. end of uh, generations. Yeah. Okay. Um, again, this was one of those movies, it, it felt like a long-form uh, TV episode. Yeah. But the one thing I really liked about this movie a lot was oh, the fact that they actually... Wait, it was an episode. They, they took a classic Trek episode. I'm sure they did. Again, my, it my was knowledge the, It was Trek. the one that was often, that was always in the credits with a giant green hand holding the spaceship. Oh. <laughs> Which is why they make a line, they make a reference to it in the episode, in the movie. Oh, yeah, they do, yeah. I like that, you know, in the beginning of the movie where they just show kind of the mental wear and tear that they've gone through that this is in fact a five year mission and everybody is miserable and probably sick of being around each other right exactly exactly they're saying that you know relationships begin and end in that time period actually the conversations between Kirk and Spock in that beginning where they're talking about Kirk's father yeah that made me real if if the the story is about how the next one would have been like reuniting them yeah that made me really, really wish that, they, that this movie had done better so we could have gotten that one because right. that would have been a really nice 
but, you know, cherry on that. It's well, just, this well, movie well, gets swallowed up. Unless, yeah, Param- unless Paramount yeah. uh, caves to uh, Chris Pine's demands. Right. Well, there's also been the talk, too, that Tarantino was going to direct yeah. a uh, Star Trek movie. Yeah. Which... You want the, you, then you want to really want to see people get a hair across their ass. Well, you know, they're going to get a hair across their ass anyway, because God forbid a woman might be in charge of something, telling a man what to do. And they, that woman also might be black. Did they not realize that Mabel Rodden, or what's her name, M- M- Majel? Majel Barrett Roddenberry. Was in charge of the, the franchise for, like, after Gene's death? Yeah, that yeah. was before Toxic Fandom, though. <laughs> All right, next up, uh, number six. Good Lord, we're blowing through this one. Star Trek Three: The Search for Spock. Steve writes, I cried almost as hard as when they blew up the Enterprise as I did when, uh, when Spock died. McCoy. One alive, one not. Yet both in pain. What must I do? You must bring them to Mount Silea on Vulcan. Only there can both find peace. What you ask is difficult. You will find a way, Kirk. If you honor them both, you must. I will. I swear. Yeah, so yeah. blowing up the Enterprise. Well, I mean, if you think about it, uh, Spock dies saving the Enterprise, and then Enterprise returns the favor. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. Yeah, when when Leonard Nimoy died, everybody on Facebook was posting the scene from the end of Star Trek Two, and I'm like, "Fuck you guys! I'm gonna watch when he comes back to life." Hell yeah. Star Trek <laughs> yeah, exactly. Three that night. I like Star Trek Three. Yeah. Star Trek Three, I it's think, the is the only odd that it gets, survives. Yeah, right. it, it, it gets a bad rap when because you, you got the Wrath of Khan before it precedes it, and then you got the Voyage, Voyage, Voyage Home, and it's like it's kind of like the odd man out. But it's it, not a bad movie; it's enjoyable. It's a good it's, movie, and they, good they, movie. they threw out Kirstie Alley and put some other person in as that uh, Robin. I don't even remember what her name is. And the the right. reasoning why they kicked out Kirstie Alley is idiotic. Scientology? No, no, she had done a play, a penthouse spread. Oh, that prior right. cast as um, prior to being cast as Savick, and so when they found out about it, Rathacon had already come out, and they're like, "Oh, we can't have this. We're a family show. We're a yeah. family show. I'm pretty sure Gene is off screwing the show with Nick, uh, Nichols somewhere, but this is a family program." <laughs> um, yeah, this movie, I, I agree, gets a bad rap because. First of all, it's it's a very complex movie. This is a way more complicated well, movie you're, you're, than you're dealing with the fact that you have Spock, who's not Spock, right? You know, mm-hmm. and he's got to he's he's like he's got to deal with all that, right? Mm-hmm. Everybody has. I mean, there's so many like little life things going on in this movie between uh, David, yeah. Yeah. yeah, you know, Kirk has a son, and the son is taken away from him, yeah. Um, and Christopher Lloyd is the Klingon villain. Yes. Exactly. Oh, John, that's right. Yeah. Yes. Christopher Lloyd is the main Klingon. And John Larroquette is the one that survives. Right, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it gets a bad rap, and it also gets lumped in as being, you know, it's an odd number one, so therefore it must be bad. Right, it's not. But it really isn't. Yeah, it's, it, it, it holds up much better than, you know, maybe it didn't do well at the time, but it... Yeah, oh, the, the, effects, the effects were iffy. Well, Paramount kind of cheaped out a little bit. Oh, yeah. yeah, well... <laughs> We'll, we'll we'll talk about bad special effects later. Yeah. Right. <laughs> but beyond that, though, I, I thought the story was very solid. Right. It, but again, it, there's a lot of moving pieces in there yeah. that you have to kind of adjust and, 
too, whereas, you know, like, especially coming right off of Wrath of Khan. I do love the fact that they were able to incorporate a heist movie into the Star Trek universe. Right. <laughs> this exactly. is essentially a heist movie. Right. I actually have this as part of the Blu-ray Captain's collection mm. from, um, so it's you know, Wrath of Khan, uh, Search for Spock, and Voyage Home. And it's it's a fine little it's a fine little set. And this it's a fine, is, that'd be that you know what that would be the perfect trilogy right there. It right. is. It is. It's it, it's like one of my favorite storylines in all of Star Trek. Right. And it's it it's it's well, you're right. That could have been it. Those could have just been the three original right. cast wait, movies. And then wait until you get the next generation, have their little trilogy, and then whatever. Right. Exactly. Right. Make them trilogies and don't still be like every two years crap out a movie. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah, it's... I remember, too, this is also one of the big summers of movies, too. This was 84. Yep. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so this yeah. was a big summer. I saw this one in the theater. And I really enjoyed... I was so excited because, you know, I wanted to see Spock come back. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, I just... I really, I really enjoyed this one. And I love that there was a piece of Spock that just changed after that. I, and I like the fact that it wasn't an easy resurrection. No. Yeah. No, this this was a resurrection that took that took time, it took effort, it took sacrifice. It wasn't just, oh, he's back, yay! Hey, everybody, Spock's back! And well, even at the end of this movie, it wasn't fully Spock. It wasn't until the end of The Voyage Home that we right. get a glimpse yeah. of Spock that we yeah. everybody Right, knows. exactly. Exactly. All right, so, next up. Top five. Top five, yeah. This movie, I figured to almost be a spoiler of sorts, in a lot of just like where it plays in a lot of people's lists. Mm. Um, Star Trek VI: The Undiscovered Country, a movie Steve writes. How the fuck did it take that long to figure out that they could track a cloaked ship via its exhaust? Why did they need to modify a fucking torpedo to find it instead of just uh, the ship sensors? Why the fuck is that trick never ever used again? <laughs> I, I do. I love this movie. I think it's the perfect way to close out the fir- the original yes, cast. Yes, I absolutely. Mm-hmm. Agree. I, I saw this at the. They showed it at the Boston Sci-Fi Movie Marathon this year, so I got to watch it on the big screen in a full theater. Yeah. Uh, and, and last you, last month. And having the final line be from Peter Pan. Right. Yes. I have orders from Starfleet Command. We're to put back to space dock immediately, to be decommissioned. If I were human, I believe my response would be, go to hell. If I were human. Course heading, Captain. Second start of the ride. Straight on till morning. That was, uh, of course, it was I, delivered by by Shatner, so yeah. it definitely left something to be desired. But then well, ha- the, having the, the signatures on on the, the on the screen, yeah. But oh. oh, it was, yeah. I'm gonna say that the the trouble with the ozone layer uh, no longer feels as poignant. However, the rage against immigrants. Yep. Yep. Totally. Really. <laughs> really topical these days. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I remember this movie being the perfect bridge, too, between the original and the next generation. Yes. The fact that they were letting the Klingons well, because, you come know, they, into their... Well, by next generation, 
The Klingons are part of the Federation. Right. Yeah. If not part of a Federation, at least they're not at war with each other. Right. You know, you have a Klingon who's the security officer of the Enterprise. Yeah. Yep. Like, right. And in a sense, this is kind of like the quasi-final chapter of that Captain's trilogy. Mm. Because it is Kirk finally coming to terms and moving past David's death. Right. right. Yes, um, it's done. I, I thought that the character arcs were pretty well done. Yeah. Especially for a, a classic series right. cast um, and writing style. And Christopher Plummer. Christopher Plummer was was great. Yes. Kim Cattrall. You're like, Kim Cattrall is a Vulcan. Yeah. <laughs> An evil Vulcan. An evil Vulcan. <laughs> it's a, um... Well, she's not even an evil Vulcan. She's just going with what makes sense to her. Yeah. Right. And seems logical. It's not like, you know, she's secretly a Romulan or yeah. something weird. Exactly. I, um... I really like this movie. I do wish that... And this is at a time when, if you had a classically trained British actor, half their dialogue was Shakespeare quotes. Yeah. yeah. It's like, come on! Yeah, there was there was a point at which you're Jeez, just like... Jeez, us, we get it! Try <laughs> havoc and let's flip, flip the bugs of war. You're, at that point, you're like, enough. All right, yeah, enough. exactly. No more. This, I'm not in English class. I just want to watch a movie. Don't the Klingons have, like, their own poets and playwrights? Yes! Or, yeah. yeah, but they're like, it's you know, Shakespeare sounds better in the original Klingon. And then there was the funny part where they say, to be or not to be in Klingon. And that's written into the script. And so they go to the guy that, it, that the linguist that had created the Klingon language, and he's like... Yeah, funny story. <laughs> I decided that verb was not going to exist in Klingon. <laughs> so there is no to be in Klingon. So they had to figure something out. Uh, I'm sure that there's some amateur trekking linguists out there. Still going, You're wrong, nerd. <laughs> nerd! <laughs> and they finally got to... Have Shatner kiss himself. That's oh, true. Yes. <laughs> and he's like, he's like, D- I actually, I can't believe I kissed you. Must have been your lifelong dream. Yeah, so many good lines. <laughs> so much good, just having fun with it because it yes. was the last one, and, and just enjoying the crap out of it. You know, when Iman comes up and he's making out with him, and she leaves, and Lequeco goes, "What is it with you anyway?" <laughs> <laughs> There's certainly a lot of fun to be had with this movie. It's by no means one of my favorites, but I, no, I, I was not very, a, very surprised by how many people really ranked this as high as yeah, they did. Yeah. Well, I, I probably would have ranked it lower, except that I just rewatched it and found how topical yeah. it was. And, right. And, and True. Very, very, very topical. topical. Oh, boy. All right. Number four. Star Trek 2009. Steve writes, Why is Chris Pine the only guy in this whole movie... Not at all trying to mimic the acting style of their predecessor. It's fucking Shatner, Chris. It's not that hard. Well, no, but he was—he—he he wasn't mimicking Shatner, but he was mimicking Kirk. I may throw up on you. I think these things are pretty safe. Pander to me, kid. One tiny crack in the hull, and our blood boils in thirteen seconds. Soul flare might crop up, cook us in our seats, and wait till you're sitting pretty with a case of Andorian shingles. See if you're still so relaxed when your eyeballs are bleeding. Space is disease and danger wrapped in darkness and silence. Well, I hate to break this to you, but Starfleet operates in space. Yeah, well, I've got nowhere else to go. The ex-wife took the whole damn planet in the divorce. All I got left is my bones. He, I, you know what? I love Chris Pine as Kirk. I think yeah. that I, he, he, he's, he's, got, the, I he's got the cocky swagger. I love this movie. In the Kobayashi Maru. I love it. Oh, you, 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 sit, you sit there, you sit there eating the apple. Pew! Pew! <laughs> yes. 
you'd, you'd heard about him, him mucking with the Kobayashi Maru, but watching how he mucked with it was it's so fantastic. delightful. And the, you know, and that's when he actually li- delivers his one sh- uh, Shatner-esque line. <laughs> Sh- what shall we do, Kirk? Captain Kirk. <laughs> <laughs> this movie does nothing but give me the most wonderful joy. Yeah. Oh, it does. This is my second favorite Star Trek movie ever. You know what? You know what? You know what I loved about this? I love this movie, but this is the movie that gave me the confidence that J.J. Abrams could do Star Wars when he was in yes. the yeah. Yeah, because he added a little dash of Star Wars to this movie. Oh yeah. yeah. Well, this this movie definitely has way more action than most Star Trek movies do. It does, and it, but it doesn't rely on it. Right. Yeah. It right. There's still a lot of the bridge. Action. There's still a, a lot of scenes on the bridge. Yeah. A lot of scenes on the bridge, but the, the the underlying story I think is pretty good too. Where you have Spock is the cause of these divergent storylines. Right. Yeah. And, or, I'm sorry, Divergent Timeline. Right. Which, I love the fact that they made that work. Yes. yes. I love the fact that they figured out a way that if they're going to recast everybody with younger actors, they had to figure out some way of making it fit into the overall thing and not scrubbing. Yeah. Yeah. You know, 50 and, plus years and, of, of a timeline. And the re- and, the resolution of Kirk and, and Spock's well, the kind of feud, Yeah, yeah. I thought that was beautiful. Yeah, he made, oh. he made him mad. And, and Kyle Urban is I love Kyle oh, Urban. Oh, Kyle, Kyle Urban is so good as Bones. It, I, that was that was another line that was very Shatnerian. The way the way at the end of the movie, Pike uh, Pine pops Bones. <laughs> <laughs> Space is disease and danger wrapped in darkness and silence. <laughs> well, I hate to break it to you, but Starfleet operates in space. Oh, I got nowhere else to go. The ex-wife took the whole damn planet and divorced. <laughs> All I got left is my bones. <laughs> I was like, that's awesome! Yes! yes! That's so, yeah, that was so much fun. Yeah. And there's so much great stuff. I mean, first of all, we were introduced to Chris Hemsworth. Yes. The Chris's. Movie. We were introduced to the Chris's. Right. Yeah, it was, it, oh, God. Like, watching watching the, the movie with the commentary track, and the wife was asking, why did you get the same guy to play... Kirk and his father. No, that's a completely different actor. <laughs> and I, and can I say from like again being a mechanical guy, who, you know the guy who loves the mechanics of like yeah. sci-fi movies. I love that the bridge still had that minimalist kind of Apple Store feel to yes. it. Yes, but behind the scenes, it's all very industrial. Very because if you ever if you ever been like the USS Massachusetts or any like the yeah yeah you know or the intrepid down in New York, it's not neatly laid out it's 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 a jumble of pipes wires it's a maze it's of a cranking engine exactly <laughs> and it, when I when I heard they they did it at a bre- they filmed it at a brewery I'm like oh wow yeah, yeah. and Simon Pegg is Scotty oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> and they find them they find them exiled on some planet yeah, because yeah. he teleported the admiral's <laughs> dog <laughs> oh he, tra- he tried to teleport the admiral's dog at warp speed yeah <laughs> <laughs> which is theoretically impossible right but I love the fact that they actually gave him, like Spock just gave him the ability to do it. He just told him the coordinates. <laughs> yeah, which is a great callback to, you know, a movie we'll be talking about in a little bit with uh with yep. them giving the uh the plexi. Yeah. Yeah. Transparent aluminum. The transparent aluminum uh <laughs> recipe. Yeah. But I mean it, yeah, it's and just it's great to see Kirk's origin story. Kind of yeah. how Kirk becomes Kirk. Right. In that in that, in that timeline. Time yeah. yeah. In that yeah. Uh, the, the, uh, that 
the scene where where Kirk, George um, Kirk dies. Yes. That that actually when I saw it in theaters, that got me a little choked up. Yeah. Actually. Oh yeah. You you had only spent like maybe five minutes with this guy. Right. But the fact that he's just the the, the stuff with him. You know, talking through with his wife while yeah. the baby is oh, being born. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you know he's not going to ever see the kid. Right. Yeah. And he's just trying to be positive and like, oh yeah. But I, I just love the whole thing about, well, name him after my father. Tiberius? That's a terrible, <laughs> terrible name. name. <laughs> well, name him after your father. <laughs> and, of, and of course you have to have the, 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 the Kirk throwback with him having, you know... Having, having sex with a green alien. Right, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> when Uhura walks in, he's like hiding. <laughs> there is just, I mean, there's just so much fun. I mean, it looked like a movie that everyone had a blast doing. Yep. yep. Um, at that time, I really felt like Chris Pine needed to do more work. Like, you and I were talking about this offline, Catherine, about how he was in that movie, uh, Love and War. Yeah, I was like Googling around trying to find... And it was like, what this is what they put him in? And then Tom Hardy was also in that, too. So. Yeah. yeah it, was, it was like, I was like, Tom Hardy, like, he's always the bad guy. It was like, couldn't you do a rom-com or something? And we Google it. It was like, there he is. He's in a rom-com with Chris Pine. Fine. <laughs> <laughs> now, Chris great, Hemsworth. Great, that's we, the dude that should be in a rom-com. Great. We have no he's captain. He's doing that. Yeah, we do. Yeah, Pine made him, Pine made him first officer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what? I hope you know what you're doing, Captain. So do I. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there's so much great stuff in that entire movie. It's that just is, yeah. it's such a good. And movie. The, the thing is, too, at the very end, when they do the, you know, they, they do the space, the Final Frontier thing, and they start, they actually kick in the the Michael Giacchino score, just kicks yeah. into the original Star Trek yeah. theme, and then it just goes into its own theme, and it's just like I always get so giddy listening to that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you take the parking brake off? <laughs> yeah. And also some of the other recasted uh, characters, too, like... Um, Zoe yeah. Saldana and Zoe Vera. Zoe, yeah. yeah, Zoe Saldana. Um, Who played that? Anton Yelchin. Anton Yelchin hmm? is... Oh, Chekhov. yeah. Chekhov. Chekhov. And, um, God, right. God rest in peace. Yeah. yeah. And, um... Uh, uh, John Cho. Yeah, John Cho. As Sh- uh, Sulu. Sulu, yeah. I love that, too, that's like, do you have any uh, combat experience? Like, are you fence? He goes, yes, and then they then they send him on the mission. He's like, what do you do? Fencer. Yeah. <laughs> and that Which was, was a callback to the original series Well, that well. was brilliant, too, though, when, when like, they're going to go out on that platform, and uh, they're like, I'm coming with you, and the guy's got a red shirt, you're just not. No, he's, he's, dead, go, meat. he's dead meat, and of course. Yep. yep. <laughs> who, are the, who are the detonators? He did. <laughs> Oh god, what a great movie! It really, and, and, truly and, uh, is a. And the thing, it was, it filled you with so much hope for the franchise after you. Like, right. Yeah. Oh, if the, if the franchise, if this is what the franchise is going to be, it's in good hands. Yeah. And you know, I mean, at least for you and me, Joe, we really, really liked what the 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 further output was. Yeah. I, 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 I liked too. Like, yeah. I enjoyed it. And oh. Catherine enjoyed it. Yeah. Right. I, I enjoyed. I enjoyed it. Uh, you know, enough. And Bruce Greenwood is Captain Pike. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Winona Ryder is Spock's mom. Yeah, Amanda. That's another thing. I, I, that that, that definitely in, in all the Star Trek movies and TV show, you never see, you never understood how Spock had to battle his human half, right? As a Vulcan living in on Vulcan, right? Well, I mean, well, like like uh, you know, future Spock told was talking to Kirk and said, so you're, "You're saying that I have to emotionally compromise you guys." Sure. I just lost my planet. I can tell you, I am emotionally compromised. Right. 
<laughs> yeah. Yeah. Thanks for sounds in your phone, Joe. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So we're now into the top three, everybody. I All think right. everyone can figure out what these three are. Right, well, it's process of elimination. And they but, can probably figure out what the order is, too. Yeah, right. right. Well, we'll get to it anyway. Yeah. Right. So, number three, Star Trek First Contact. Steve writes, I love this movie, but time uh, zombie robots and time travel? Those are the two laziest filler episode plots in the low-budget sci-fi <laughs> TV writer's arsenal. They finally bring the Borg to the big screen. I will not sacrifice the Enterprise. We've made too many compromises already. Too many retreats. They invade our space, and we fall back. They assimilate entire worlds, and we fall back. Not again. The line must be drawn here! This far, no farther! I will make them pay for what they've done! This movie is, is really super cool on its first viewing. After that, well, I think it I don't know if this one really holds up to the I think for I think repeated for lot, scrutiny. I think for a lot of Trekkies the the big hard on is meeting Ephraim um Ephraim Zimbalist. Yeah. Ephraim Zimbalist. No, wait, wait, no. No. No, no. Ephraim no. Zimbalist, Zimbalist is an actor. <laughs> yeah. It's no. Ephraim but it, the guy who invented the warp drive. Yeah. Um Ephraim Cochran. Ephraim, yeah. 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 Played by James um, James Cromwell. Cromwell, who's actually excellent in this movie. Yes, yes, yes. But you want you know you brought up the whole thing. Well, about it's it's one of those things when you know Jordy LaForge, whose like entire thing is engineering. It's like one of those things like never meet your heroes mm. because yeah. your heroes are drunk. <laughs> yeah. But you know, Catherine had brought up earlier about how stop playing '80s movies and futuristic movies. I would love to see a movie that doesn't have a rocket launch that includes Spirit in the Sky in it for once. <laughs> Buckle up, everybody. Well, it was a lot of fun to rewatch this one because Alfred Woodward is um, Efren's sidekick right. and assistant. And, you know, after watching her on Luke Cage, it's just mm. so much fun to see her. You know, when she loses her temper, yeah. if you didn't recognize the actress... Before, whenever you lose her temper, oh, yes, there you are. I know you. Because <laughs> she has her one way of losing her temper. She does it in Scrooge. Yep. She does it in First Contact. <laughs> and she does it all throughout Luke Cage. And Alice Krug is the Borg Queen. Yes. Yes. She is excellent mm. in this movie. Yes. Um, the Borg, I feel, is like... There, there was a time when they were like used sparingly, and then they just became the Star Trek... Uh, Cudgel. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. pretty like, much. You know, you had to have your season Borg episode at some point. Well, it's because they were just really... It was a really good villain because that was, you know... They're, they're, they're the Star Trek version of zombies. Right, exactly. The the virus, the techno-virus, I've always found to be the best, coolest part about them. It, 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 for me, this movie kind of got kind of creepy. It did. Yeah. It did. But in a way, though, that kind of, you know... I would have hated if they had sanitized the Borg. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So the fact that you're actually watching like the technology kind of growing out of them is just it's creepy, but it's it's also what do you expect? It's a PG thirteen movie. This yep. is Jonathan Frakes directed. Yes, right? this yeah. is his first. Uh, this is his first directorial movie. Yeah, so it, Plus, it, it, it also did a good job of playing into Picard's fear yeah. Yeah. of Locutus. L- 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 yeah. yeah, you know because he still had a lot of PTSD from that that he not never dealt with. Right, and I do love the fact that the Borg Queen kept kept. You know, referring, referring to him, to him as right. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, the whole thing with, with Data, though. Yeah. Where she kind of brings Data in, and then... Let's give him human skin. Oh, you're, you're addicted now. Ooh. Yeah, no, he looked like uh, he looked like Petey from The Little Rascals <laughs> shorts, because he had just, like the one eye that was... Yeah. <laughs> he had a spot under his eye that was actually human flesh and not like the... Yeah, they took they the took like, the, the spot around one eye and his, <laughs> some of his arm hair, so she could blow in the arm hair, and it would all go... <laughs> when, when they brought the Borg Queen back, all of my... my Computer friends were like, how could they do that? They killed her. I'm like, you guys are computer people. They had a backup. Right. It's a fucking Borg. It's a Star Trek Voyager, right? Yeah, I think yeah. so. And I'm like, it's she's a fucking Borg. They had a computer backup in the cloud, which we hadn't invented yet, but you know the Borg had it. Yeah, okay. exactly. Well, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, and they're like, oh, yeah, they could reload her from a backup, couldn't they? And I'm like, why am I explaining this to you people that build your own computers? Right. <laughs> All right, so we got to ask the question then: Who wins in a fight, the Death Star or the Borg Cube? Borg Cube. Borg Cube. Really? Well, well actually, yeah, at this point, it was a Borg Sphere. Oh, that's right. Okay. <laughs> I just don't know if they'd be able to assimilate the 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 major canon. Borg Borg are so no, much no, more they efficient. Could, they, not, yeah, they they well, assimilate the technology, right? Right, but, but if they couldn't use it because they, they because it they they can't tap into the Force. Right, and and the uh, the. Uh, Crystals, those, yeah, the kyber crystals. The kyber crystals, yeah, exactly. They, they can't tap into it, so yeah. they can't tap into the force. So. Oh, that's a shame. Fire at will, Commander. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah, I, I haven't watched this one in a long time. Yeah. I just remember, this was one I watched a lot, and every subsequent time I watched it, I'm like, mm, it's just... Takes a little piece away from me every single it's, time. It's a, it suffers a little uh, half life. It's a ha- it's got a half life. It does. It's, it does have yeah, a half life. If you That's watch a... it every ten years, it's not so bad. Right. Uh, uh, my my friend John said that plot holes in First Contact burn like fire after watching the Plinket review. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right, we ready for number two? Yeah. All right, one second. I got to pull up Steve's uh, response to this one here. All right, number two, Star Trek Four: The Voyage Home. Nothing about this plot, uh, about the plot of this film, makes any sense. But I choose to ignore that because it's so much fun. What did you mean when you said all that stuff back at the Institute about extinction? I meant. He meant what you said on the tour. That if things keep going the way they are, the humpbacks will disappear forever. Oh, that's not what he said, farm boy. Admiral, if we were to assume those whales are ours to do with as we pleased, we would be as guilty as those who caused, past tense, their extinction. I have a photographic memory. I see words. Are you sure it isn't time for a colorful metaphor? <sighs> You're not one of those guys from the military, are you? Trying to teach whales to retrieve torpedoes or some dipshit stuff like that? No, ma'am, no dipshit. Well, good. That's one thing I would have let you off right here. Gracie is pregnant. Yeah. Yeah. This is this is actually this was not my number one. Right. Yeah. This was because I watched it again and we bought the VHS. Like my mother took us to see it in theaters. I saw it in theaters. And that was when I got hooked on Star Trek. And we bought the VHS and I watched it five thousand times. Oh yeah. And we watched it again last week and I still love it. I I can actually probably quote most of the movie. Oh yeah, I I was singing along with most of the. Yeah. (laughs) I think that this one is 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 an excellent movie. I think the stuff that happens in in um, San Francisco is 
horrifically dated. You mean well, dated back to the 88? Right, to 86. When it, or 86. When it happened, when it yeah. happened so right. it's not dated at all because it happens when it takes place. I don't know. The second they go into the night court music, it's just kind of like... <laughs> that was 86. I understand that. It's not but dated if it, if it happens when it... Re- but when yeah, you're talking about Star Trek, though, you're talking about something that is supposed to be timeless. But it's 86. It's 86. The whole point of the like movie the, is they go back to 1986. No, I understand. I got you. Right. Terra Incognita. It's so 80s. <laughs> and that is why it's so much fun. Right. The, the 80s hair. The, the, 80s. Yeah, punk, the punk on the bus. Oh, God. The, the punk shoulder pads. The shoulder pads. I mean, come on. Oh, yeah, the shoulder pads. You know, her, her outfit working at the museum. Yeah. Oh, God, yeah. oh my God. And it's just, but it's fun. It's the, 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 the Apple computer that, that <laughs> I think Scotty's typing on. Oh, he's, oh, trying, yeah, yeah. he's trying to talk to it. <laughs> yeah, computer. Hello, computer. Hello, just computer. do the keyboard. Keyboard. How oh, quaint. <laughs> he grabs the mouse and he's talking into it. Computer. Yeah. Well, they hand him the mouse and he tries to he tries to talk into it. He's like, oh, microphone. Okay, yeah. it is. It is eighty six. Right. Yeah, but yeah, and that's the thing I like the, the most about this movie is that it's very much a fish out of water thing. These yes. guys have. All this technology, and they can't use any of it. And it's, it's probably the most that Uhura has, has, has had to do in all of the Star Trek movies so yeah. far. Yeah. Sadly. Sadly. Her and Chekhov. And Chekhov. Yeah. Jesus, Chekhov. I mean, well, Chekhov, well, Chekhov doesn't Chekhov want had a lot in Star Trek 3. He, uh, in Ten. 2. Well, in 2, he was mind control most right, of the time. Right, right. Still, he had stuff to do. In 3, he had a lot to do. Uhura, had, he, Uhura wasn't even wasn't in 75% of 3. Right. Yep. Exactly. Um. Yeah, trying to steal the nuclear fuel from the U.S. Nuclear vessels. Yeah. <laughs> My captain, it is the Enterprise. <laughs> uh, that's nice, Chekhov. Just get the fucking... <laughs> yeah. get the fuel. Dude, Bowen's going mental at the hospital. Which oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Psychosis. <laughs> what is this? The Middle Ages? And then him having the argument. What are you? Witch doctors? <laughs> him having the argument with the guy. And it's like, My God, man. Putting holes in his brain, in the skull, not in the answer. The artery must be repaired. <laughs> what if we realize when they're coming out of that? How's the patient, doctor? He's gonna make it. He. You came in with a sheet. One little mistake. <laughs> <laughs> that was so funny. <laughs> this movie does. Every, this movie truly does deserve to be like the top grossing Star Trek movie ever. It does. Yes. It does. Um, it appeals to everybody. Right. You don't have to be a Star Trek fan to love this. Movie. I remember when, this and, it, and it's funny because it's 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 got no real action to it. No, you no. know, it's just a fun kind of rock. There really is no enemy to fight in no. this one. No. It's just you know they're kind of fighting themselves. It's, yeah. Yep. Um, oh God. It's, it's part of it's part of Nimoy's. Is he, battle against global warming. Is he, yeah, yeah when, when Spock first goes into the aquarium tank, and she's like, what's he doing? Yeah. <laughs> maybe, maybe he's talking to that man. <laughs> we, don't, we don't know what they're doing. Maybe he's singing to that man. Yeah. <laughs> what the hell? Yeah, that was... Oh. Yeah. Oh, it's, oh, it's a fun movie. And the interesting thing, too, is that this movie... Because of when it came out, it spawned the one of the more famous Saturday Night Live hosting gigs of that era when William Shatner hosted. Get a got, life! Yeah, the get a life, will you? <laughs> get a life, will you, people? I'm crying out loud. It's, it's just a TV show. But yeah, when we went to see this in theaters, my mother brought me and my brother, and we're waiting for the movie to start, and then like these six adults walk in and all sit together, and my mother goes, those are Trekkies. 
What's a Trekkie? And she explains that, you know, Star Trek fans know what triples are. Trekkies know how many there were. <laughs> there were 1,771,561. Trekkie. Yes. Nice. I made it my quest to become a Trekkie at that point and watched a lot of classic series. Nice. Nice. Yeah, this you can't really fault this. I'll fault it over its timeliness, but you know that's just it's just kind of me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. At least it wasn't anachronistic eighties. It's not no, like they went. True. You know, this is a two thousands movie that they went back to eighty six. Oh, yeah, no, yeah. This, because it 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 was present at the time. Right. Yeah. Exactly. So um, we're gonna take a moment uh, before we announce the number one movie, which again, process of elimination. You already know what it is. Um. <laughs> To just bring up an honorable mention that was originally going to be part of the overall ranking, and then a few people kind of mentioned to me that maybe because it's not part of the overall continuity, it shouldn't be counted as such, yeah. and I agree. So we're taking this this time to give an honorable mention to uh, a movie that uh, Steve writes as being Tim Allen's best film that isn't preceded by Pixar's <laughs> <laughs> Galaxy Quest. You're not gonna die on the planet, guy. I'm not? What's my last name? It's, uh, um, uh, I don't know. Nobody knows! Do you know why? Because my character isn't important enough for a last name. Because I'm gonna die five minutes in. Guy, you have a last name. Do I? Do I? Yes. For all you know, I'm just coming. Number six. Baby, baby. Are we there yet? Yes. I love this movie. This movie is better than most Star Trek movies. I enjoy this movie. The like, if you watch it too many times, you see all the plot holes and continuity right, issues. Right, but right. why care? Because it's just a goofy movie anyway. Watch watching Sigourney Weaver say, "Well, fuck that." Yeah. And be dubbed as saying, "Well, screw that," but it's clear she's saying, "Fuck." Right. <laughs> This is just this is just like the perfect love letter. I was gonna I was gonna say this is the love letter to Star Trek. Right. Yeah. Because it handles the fans, it handles the the ridiculousness of the television show that they were on yeah. and the fact that this alien race managed to replicate every aspect of it. It's down like that's to the a, single I mean every down detail. to the food yeah. that Alan Rickman's character was supposed to be eating. Yeah. These bugs. Just <laughs> just like mother used to make. <laughs> well, I mean, it it, it walks the final. This is the perfect parody movie because it's made by people that love the original, but at understand. the same time understand how to make fun of the original. Right, yeah, right, but don't understand the ridiculousness. Right, yes. yeah. So I love, already, yeah. Go ahead. Oh, I, I just love the fact that you know they're doing the 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 stuff on the show version where they're doing the whole the classic trick. Yeah, throwing themselves this way and that yeah. way, this way that way, and then they built the set on a gimbal. So that when they're in space getting shaken up, they actually. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I um I love Sigourney Weaver. Is just like she's got no real function on the yeah. ship other than to repeat what the computer says. <laughs> Look, I've got one job on this ship. It's stupid, but I'm gonna do it. Uh, I lo- when they pull the ship out of dry dock. <laughs> oh, it's just, like, just like, uh, it's just squealing against the. Uh, <laughs> And if you've ever just started, you know, tilting your head going, a little over, please, a little over, <laughs> you, you just know that feeling. 
Um, I mean, this is one of my favorite Tony Shalhoub performances. <laughs> where he plays, like, Engineer Cho. And the only reason why he would even be tech, considered... Tech Sergeant Cho. Tech Sergeant Cho. Chen? Chen? No, he was Chen, you're right. Tech Sergeant Chen. Tech Sergeant Chen. So, first of all, he's essentially a Middle Eastern guy playing an Asian guy. And every time he just... They cut to him, he just squints his eyes a little bit. <laughs> Uh, Sam Rockwell. Oh, oh that's this, right. I forgot I he was, was in this movie. I think this was my introduction to Sam it Rockwell. It was mine. It, yeah, yeah, where he essentially was the red shirt. Yep. And his name was Guy. Guy, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> perfect. <laughs> so perfect. Well, there's that great scene that he has when um, Tim Allen is, is on the planet. He's like, he, he got beamed down to the planet, and he's like, How am I going to defeat this rock monster? Do you have a? Can you make like a rudimentary lathe? Or... <laughs> We're gonna do this like we did an episode. Blah blah. Really? <laughs> that was the episode I got killed in. <laughs> and he still manages to get beamed up without a shirt on. <laughs> you still lost your shirt. Oh god! But Alan Rickman is such a treasure in this movie. Well, in yeah. what movie is Alan Rickman not a true? Yeah, but I mean, there's just so many great things between his. He's just his classic actor yep. stuff. Where I'm not gonna go on there, and you, there's nothing you can say to make me change my mind. <laughs> the show must go on. Damn you! <laughs> <laughs> By Grabthaw's hammer. <laughs> what a savings! <laughs> oh. So good. Oh, God, it's fantastic. And the funny thing is, too, he never once takes that headpiece off the entire movie. (laughs) Yeah, no. I mean, the end of it is kind of beat up. You can see his hair kind of pulling through it, but... Well, have you ever worn spirit gum? Yes, I have. I have worn many a fake beard in my life. It's not comfortable to take off. Yeah, well, having worn elf ears and getting your hair stuck to it. Oh, Oh, God. But it's so good. And even Tim Allen is just... He's the worthy successor to a Shatner-esque character. Yes. Yes. Um, I do like to, you know, at the end when the ship finally comes crashing down, and, um, oh God, what's her name? The alien that came back with uh, uh, Chen. Little, Missy Pyle. Lily or whatever her name Right, was. Yeah, Missy Pyle's character. Okay. It's just like, it's Tech Sergeant uh, Chen and, uh, friend! <laughs> Oh, it's such a it it is such a fun movie. Yeah. It really, really is. Uh did you finally see it? I um I started watching it in the uh the Comic Con scene got a little too too close to home for me. Oh, so I, I had to I I had to be in the right mood to watch it. So I haven't watched it yet, but I, I have started it. Okay, and now I want to point out too. This was the early days of the internet, like everyone having the internet. Yeah. So everybody had to like pool their resources together to get all the technical specs for the ship. You mega project. <laughs> Which again doesn't make any sense whatsoever. Oh, yeah. And the fact the fact that it was in the show and they, they not only like recreated, they decided how it actually worked and like the, they're talking to the kids like what does it do? Well it lets you redo like thirteen seconds and the Omega thirteen, that's what it was. Yeah. And it's like how did the aliens create this thing and why? And right. whatever and it's dumb. Okay, that part's you know, that's one of the things that you're like eh, eh, yeah. afterwards, but it's like just, just get on the ride and just ride the ride. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> get on the ride. Don't think about it. Just like most of the Star Trek episodes, actually. Yeah. Yeah. It's like just a get... television show, you know, like Gilligan's Island. Those poor, poor people. people. 
Oh, I'm going to watch that again right now. God, what a great movie. <laughs> oh, goodness gracious. I yeah, Seriously, I saw that in the theater, too. That was like... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. New Year's Day. I remember it was me, Mike Ciceroni, and like five other people. New Year's Day, the year 2000. Wow. We're going to go see Galaxy Quest. Nice. Damn, what a, what a fine, fine movie that is. All right, everybody. You ready for number one? Let's, um... You know what? Let's count down these... These prior 12 movies, shall we? Mike, do you want to start? Yeah, sure, why not? Because I just got eat a chip. Right, exactly. That's the, my entire plan. All right, number 13, Star Trek V, Final Frontier. Number 12, Star Trek Insurrection. Number 11, Star Trek Nemesis. Number 10, Star Trek, The Motionless Picture. <laughs> <laughs> number 9, Star Trek Generations. Number 8, Star Trek Into Darkness. Number 7, Star Trek Beyond. Number 6, Star Trek Three: The Search for Spock. Number five, Star Trek VI, The Undiscovered Country. Number four, Star Trek 2009, Abramverse. Number three, Star Trek First Contact. Number two, Star Trek IV, The Voyage Home. And the number one Star Trek movie voted on by you, the Geek Salad audience. Oh, fuck it all. You guys know what it is. <laughs> it's Star Trek II, The Wrath of Khan. Come on. <laughs> Khan! 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 Hey, remember that time when they made a movie uh, more action-packed and fun sequel that had a broader audience appeal but was less intellectually engaging than its predecessor and all the fans fucking loved it? Good times. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag Khan! Khan, you've got Genesis. But you don't have me. You are going to kill me, Khan. You're going to have to come down here. You're going to have to come down here. I've done far worse than kill you. I've hurt you. And I wish to go on hurting you. I shall leave you as you left me, as you left her, marooned for all eternity in the center of a dead planet. Buried alive. Buried alive. So I went to the, uh, the the Museum of Popular Culture in Seattle had a Star Trek exhibit. Oh. And they had a booth where you were supposed to be able to go in and just yell, Khan! <laughs> Sadly, it was broken. Oh. But you were supposed to be able to go in there and just do that. I was like, oh, God. Damn it. They didn't have a booth where you could pull out the dilithium crystals? No, but they had Data's head in the floor. Oh, jeez. Oh, <laughs> um, and uh, they also had, like, Khan's outfit, which was oh. really cool to get to see up there. Did they have a chest costume. piece? His chest piece. That was all Montalban. No, it was not. Yeah, I don't think Ricardo Montalban had that six pack at his age. Uh, no, mm. uh, it didn't. It did not have that. But uh, it's a big gorilla chest. That <laughs> um. Oh God, I saw this in the theater. Jim and I saw this in the theater. I was like ten years old when this movie came uh, out, and at the end, I'm like, they can't kill Spock. I saw this in VHS, and I. Probably left the room when the ear earworms things. Well, went see, in. see that oh, that, that was we we have talked about this before. Yeah, uh, on the show. I don't know if you want me to tell the story again. Go ahead. Okay, so I this was, I love this, this story was, by the way. This so. was really the first Star Trek movie I saw, um, and then I don't don't think I saw much. You know, so we saw it on VHS. Yeah, and we were signing it at home, 
and the whole thing where they put the bugs in their ears. And by the way, having seen this a few years ago on the big screen at the Boston Sci-Fi Movie Marathon, those special effects don't yeah, hold yeah, up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those, those are obviously plastic ears. Yeah. And, and when they're 10 feet tall, they're really obviously bad. Yeah. But when you're a child watching this, and special effects aren't that great anyway at the time, yeah. that, that was really scary, and I was really afraid. And my, my parents, to keep me try to try to keep me from having nightmares, were like, they're just puppets. So I go to bed. I go to sleep. <laughs> and I have this dream about a, a mama grover. Because you know there was like the mama bug in the tank and then mm-hmm. the little baby. So there's a mama grover in the tank and they pull baby grovers off of it and put them in the people's ears. <laughs> but then the mama grover calls them all back and they all get out and everybody's okay. <laughs> because grover's nice like that. Right. <laughs> but it was, Yeah. <laughs> That was very strange. Are you sure your mom didn't give you NyQuil before you went to bed? <laughs> I've just always had weird dreams my entire life. Uh, so, so this just... This oh, you, me, both. Yeah. I am, Josh, I am, Josh chased me down my uh, driveway. Oh, okay. Yeah, uh, no, long, episodic, very involved dreams. I am blessed with the ability to not remember what I dream. Yeah, me too. I have no recall of my dreams. I, I, I've gained that ability later in life. I remember the ones that make me think about them a lot, but if I don't spend a lot of time thinking about it, I will forget until it comes up on Facebook the next year. As, <laughs> you know, the, the the time that I was, like, dating Peter Dinklage and there were ducks involved. <laughs> sure, because that was a thing that happened. Of course. No! Anyways. <laughs> I watched too much Game of Thrones that week, clearly. Oh, okay, yeah. yeah. <laughs> clearly you did. I, um... I just, I mean, this movie is just, it's got, it has it all. It really does. It's a, um... And, I mean, that Spock's last line just rips your heart. I have always, I always have, I have always been, and and always always will be, be your your friend. friend. Don't grieve, Admiral. Just logical. The needs of the many outweigh the needs of the few. Or the one. I never took the Kobayashi Maru test. Until now. What do you think of my solution? Probably the best acting that Shatner's ever done is that eulogy. Yeah. 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 When he breaks that human. That, yeah. You believe it. Of my friend, I can only say this. Of all the souls I have encountered in my travels, his was the most human. Yeah. Exactly. There's, I mean, there's actually... And Savick's re- reaction to that. Right. <laughs> I, I really feel that this is actually Shatner's best acting work in any of the movies, because there's that other scene, too, with that kid in engineering. Yeah. Yeah. Who, you know, who, who just kind of, like, held the line. Yeah. And, you know, he dies, essentially, in Kirk's arms. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, 
apparently, apparently the, but, the the way that the director uh, who's Nicholas the, Meyer Nicholas Meyer got that the uh, good acting out of Shatner. Lots and lots of takes. Oh yeah, because I'm sure it took. It, eventually, after like so many takes of the Shatnerisms, finally he just got tired and just actually went natural. Yeah. Plus, well, can I say that the, the 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 scene between the battle between the Reliant and the Enterprise? Yes. In is, the nebula. In the nebula. Yeah. Is just. The way it was choreographed, the way it was shot, the special effects on it are top notch. Like I love seeing like when the, the Reliant sh- fires its phasers at the uh, the engineering section of the Enterprise. You just see it tracing yeah. Yeah. the yeah. fire across the the Enterprise's and it was, hull. It was also excellent because they engaged in three D space warfare. Yeah, exactly. Right. And it, you know, it was and, the, the first time we didn't just see them coming straight on at each other over and over. And you again. got and you got you also got a sense of how pon- these are supposed to be capital ships, how slow and ponderous a bat a battle like that right, is. Right, exactly. Yeah. It's like actual like like naval warfare. Exactly naval warfare. You go you gotta go side by side. Yeah. Not only that, but this was also the very first time where death actually had purpose in uh, Star Trek. I mean, it was always just like red shirts that you just met. Yeah. Now, this was this was people, you saw the blood, you saw the bodies, you well, saw I, them drifting out into space. Yeah, so you how, care. How kind of, how kind of, just, I was shocked, when I watched first saw this movie, I was kind of shocked when Kirk had to take out reading glasses to read yeah. Yeah. the, uh, the code, you know, the, uh, the ship's code for the Reliant to, right. and to enter it. Yeah. You know, and he's like, saying, oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. Right. Okay, right there. Well, that age, especially because they broached it very early on that it's um, it's uh, Kirk's birthday. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, they, they gave him the reading glasses as right. a throwback. And then age, is a, age is a very, you know, getting older is a very big part of that. And yep. I think it, it's made pointing by the fact that he finds that he had a son. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Um, well, he knew he had a son. Well, he knew he had a son, but he, he did never, never really, never thought he would ever meet him. Yeah. And... Um, it's that. I mean, that's a very touching scene with him and with him and David. Well, okay. At the well, end, well, yeah. because yes. you know, for Kirk's entire life, his only responsibility was his ship. Yeah, right. Yep. Nothing else. His ship and the Federation. That was it. Yep. Now and, he's got a son. He's got to do. Yeah, and bang hotties. Yeah, that too. <laughs> and, and, Alien hotties. Alien hotties. And and, the, and and David's mother, who was totally human. Right. Yeah. yeah. I, I do love the fact. But blonde. So I do love like when David confronts him at the end. He's yeah. Like, You've never really experienced loss before. Right. And just Kirk just breaks down. Yeah, yeah. it's it really is it, it really is his best work. Yeah. Nicholas Meyer, by the way, is the savior of these movies. Oh, easily because he directed this. He directed um, uh, Undiscovered Country as well. Yeah. So and after the debacle that was Final Frontier, <laughs> yeah. Good lord. Well, Nicholas Meyer and Leonard Nimoy. Right. And, yeah. Well, Leonard Nimoy had a very you know a very good working knowledge of how the, sh- how the yeah. show worked. Yeah. Yeah, he, he directed was, that. Uh, he directed uh, three and episode four. three and four exactly. Yeah. yeah, and he got very involved with the stories and everything. Yeah. Right, right, right. In the... Because you know he he had a personal investment, and in Nicholas yeah. Meyer was a was a hired gun who just understood how good story writing works. Yeah. Right. Um, apparently, apparently, he had never seen any of the Star Trek before being hired on. Yeah. Now, Montalban, Ricardo Montalban, on this is a man driven, and it yes. works so Perfectly. well, especially when he finally thinks he's got Kirk. When, the arrogance, you know, his, when, ar- yeah. when his arrogance, and he, you know they're they're down on the Genesis, in like the the test area for Genesis, yeah. and he's just, you know, he's like, and you're just, you're gonna spend the rest of your life there buried alive. 
It's like buried alive. I, I have done worse than kill you. I've hurt you. Right. Revenge. It is it's just best, best served cold, cold and is very cold, cold in space. <laughs> he has some. He has easily the best I, lines of the, the entire series. Well, yeah, but yeah. he's such. He's 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 honestly, and this is why this movie ranks so high. He's their most compelling villain. Yes. Yeah. Yes. He has a legitimate gripe. Yeah, there was, there was a great reason to bring him back as, yeah. you know, like, the, that episode was great. Um, you, you dropped me off and then you forgot all about me. You forgot all about me, yeah. yeah. And the fact that he did, you know, Never City seen. Alpha City Alpha 5 Yeah. was, was harsh. Yeah. Just well, was like, no, because, it started out being just fine and ducky, but then the something City happened. Alpha 6 what? happened, yeah. I think City Alpha 6 exploded. Exploded, yeah. It kind of like lapsed its, and, its and it orbit. Threw out of, yeah. Yeah, it yeah. threw its orbit off, so they thought they were sending down on City Alpha 6, but it was five, yes. Yeah. Botany Bay. Botany Bay. Oh, no. <laughs> and Trekkies will throw a fit because Chekhov wasn't on the original series. They right. explained that. Yes, exactly. He was in the bathroom. <laughs> he was in the bathroom. <laughs> Actually, the, refresh, he the refresher. I figure he either hadn't been promoted to the deck yet, and he wasn't on the bridge yet, or, you know, he heard the stories, because, of course, they're going to talk about this over, like... They're, they're, they're right, but no, him. but also Khan says I never forget the face, and um, and he had never actually seen him because he wasn't on the show, and, obviously. And but. Walter Koenig knows I'm not going to bring it up because I never want to give up any lines. Right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it is, it is just such a good movie. This is one that gets watched a lot. Yeah. If it's yeah, on if TV, it, if it's I'll on TV stop. because Spike used to play it a lot. If it I, if it's on TV, yeah. I'll stop and I'll watch it. Especially if it's at this at the uh, the battle at the Nebula, then I'll watch. I'm like, oh, right, yeah. exactly, and that's like some of James Horner's best work. Yeah, yeah. Musically, we discussed that a couple months ago. Uh, well, it's, it's because when they're when they they're drifting through the Nebula, trying to figure out, there's no music. It's just right. Yes. Sound, sound effects and the the, the the lightning strikes and the nebula and stuff like that. And then yeah. and military. But then all of a sudden, it's in. when you, oh when, yeah, when the no, when, well, when the Enterprise starts coming up behind. Oh yes. Behind the line, mm-hmm. and, and you get that build up. You're like, oh yeah, this, oh okay, yep. yeah, yeah. Yes. Well, this is one that uh, at, at work we put a lot of movies on, and we just kind of buy them off a of files on the store's account. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because <laughs> I'm not paying for them. Uh, and I actually <laughs> I put Rathacon on there, and it's just. You know, you sit there and you watch it, and I'll be honest. One, my, one of my, uh, one of my coworkers gave me a list for this. Everybody else was like, "I've never seen half of these movies." Y'all disappoint the shit out of me, by the way. Um, but they just sit there and they're watching Wrath of Khan. And it's just like, "Wow, this looks really good." <laughs> and if it weren't for one asshole in our store, we'd actually have the sound on too. But <laughs> that's another story for another day. So that was Star Trek, everybody. Uh, I did, I did see a terrific parody once. Um, of of the Wrath of Khan, where he's, this is the new Reliant K with rich Corinthian leather. <laughs> <laughs> I, I do I do want to just bring up a special mo- mention of music for Star Trek Four. Yeah, it is the most unique soundtrack for of all the Star Trek movies. Uh, Leonard Ro- Rosenman. Okay, but it, it's like it's got it captures that pleasant that playfulness, but it's still Star Trek feel. To right. It. Exactly. I just, I just when I hear that, I just start going, yay! <laughs> I gotta go back and watch that one again. It's been a while since I've watched four, uh, so it's it's, so, it's either on Netflix or the account. I own it on yeah. yeah you, I you, own, you own, own it on Blu-ray, Blu-ray because yeah. I have the Captain's Collection. Yeah, I watched two, three, and four this last weekend, and 
such a good storyline. Yeah, yeah, it is. It is. I, that's one of the ones I'm waiting for my kids to be a little older. Yeah. yeah. Star Trek yeah. is not something you, you, you show the youngins. No. Star no. Trek, Star Wars, yes. Yeah. Oh, absolutely, Trek, yeah. yeah. In fact, it was actually interesting. I know I know some people's feelings about Go, uh, Teen Titans Go, but they actually had they were going to do they were planning their space adventure, and everyone was getting excited because everyone wanted to have a Star Wars adventure. And Robin insisted they do a Trek adventure yeah. <laughs> where he's just slazing in the chair. Yep, <laughs> and they're just going to move forward, and we're going to be diplomats about things. <laughs> when do we blow things up, we don't. We talk out our problems. <laughs> I love that. I really love that show. What? The, the Teen Titans Go. It's great. The show or the movie? Me. Huh? The show or the movie? The movie is brilliant. Yeah. The movie is so fucking brilliant and nobody saw it. So, all right. So, up next, we are going to we're going to be heading into our um, our our annual Disney discussion. <laughs> so, this time we're actually going to do something a little different. We're not going to talk about movies or anything. We're actually going to talk characters. So, we are going to discuss um the classic uh, Walt Disney characters, people, you know, people, characters like Mickey Mouse, hey, Minnie Mouse. You know what? They are people. They are people. They're people to me yeah. in suits. Um, <laughs> Mickey. No, 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 they're not in suits. Yeah. They're real creatures <laughs> that walk around and talk to you, right? They don't talk at all. They, they don't talk a at lot all. Because there may be kids watching. Yeah, you're right. I hope not, right. actually, because you swear. Even my children know that there's people in those suits. So, um, but yes, no, Mickey, Minnie, Donald, Goofy. Ah, uh, hell, we'll talk Clarabelle and Oswald if we need to. I love Oswald by oh, Lucky yeah. Rabbit, so we have to kind of have a discussion about that. So, if you have a favorite classic Disney character you Chip want us to talk about, yes, Chippendale, for example, please drop us a line at our email, geeksaladradio at gmail.com. You can follow us on our social media pages, Geek Salad Podcast on Facebook and at Geek Salad Radio on Twitter. Also, check out our full archive. We are available at geeksalad.podbean.com, available on the Podbean app. We are available everywhere that finer podcasts are found. So Stitcher, iTunes, uh, Spotify, and Google Music. And I want to give a quick shout-out to a very new podcast that I was introduced to this week as I became her 200th follower on Facebook. Um, I'd like to uh, give a shout-out to the podcast uh, Verbal Diorama. She uh, is a movie podcast that focuses on one movie at a time and just goes over everything. She just did it. uh, Her first episode was on Titan AE. And I'll be honest, she made me want to watch it. (laughs) I've I've seen Titan AE. It's Uh, all right. It's all right. No, we had we had a very nice conversation about how it was part of the trailer, the Fox trailer package when um, Phantom Menace came out. Mm. Yeah, along with Fight Club and Anna and the King. Actually, uh, the, that's what the cinephiles do. They, they uh, take one movie and they just go over it. And they did do uh, Star Trek too. Right. We are a more varied... This is the whole salad part of the show. We are yes. a more varied thing yeah. where we talk about bunches of things yeah. all off of one topic. So, yeah, there is that. So, also, don't forget to subscribe to our YouTube channel, Geek Salad Podcast, where we offer weekly exclusive content, uh, our retro movie reviews, we just started doing our Star Wars reviews, where we're getting a few special guests yeah. involved with it. It was a lot of fun. Um, I want to take a moment to thank uh, Sean Duke from Star Wars Fanjoy and Skiffy and Fanty, yep. uh, the Skiffy and Fanty podcast, because he did a great job to helping us out with uh, Return of the Jedi. I, uh, I hope your wrist feels better, by the way. <laughs> and um, yeah, so 
Lots of great stuff coming up, and we got the summer coming up too. Yeah. So plenty, plenty of content. Yay. So until next time, I'm Andy. I'm Mike. I'm Joe. I'm Catherine. Peace Go- and long life. <laughs> Go forth, be nerdful, live long, and, and prosper, and we'll talk to you later. John's prepared to fire on the Klingon warbirds. Yes, sir. Jim, their shields are still up. Are they? No, they're not. Fire on all enemy ships. One photon each you do. Let's not waste ammunition.